This is a Gulf Stories moment made possible by StoryLab at the University of West Florida Innovation Institute. Well, hello again, everybody. From the University of West Florida's Innovation Institute, I'm Christian Garman with another Gulf Stories moment. And my guest today is Nicole Grinnan, research associate and public archaeologist from the Florida Public Archaeology Network. Nicole, it's always good to have you on. Today we're talking about Confederate obstructions along the Apalachicola River. Thankfully, you supplied this topic. I would have never come up with it. Why are we talking about this today? This is incredibly interesting and something we don't hear a lot about. So at the outbreak of the Civil War, President Lincoln knew that waterways were critical to the economic well-being of the Confederacy. So early on, he established a naval blockade of the Confederate states, hoping to choke off their imports and exports. So one result of this was a real fear among Confederates that Union forces would be able to penetrate to the Confederate interior via the Gulf of Mexico and major river systems like the Apalachicola-Chattahoochee River system. So to prevent intrusion to the industrially critical Columbus, Georgia, via the Apalachicola River, plans among the Confederates began to build earthworks and sink river obstructions by as early as 1862. So um, President Lincoln was sort of hip to this. He said, hey, this seems to make a lot of sense. Um, Was that especially insightful? Like, is that something that maybe he thought of it wasn't obvious or, or was he, is that kind of like that was a known way to, to, to work in your favor? Um, well, it was a really practical way to look at things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, economics are the lifeblood of our societies and the same was true for the Confederacy. And so he knew if he could control their imports and their exports that he could control their economics and hopefully win the war that way. And it, it, tell, how did it, how did it go? I mean, it, it was successful? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. So they sunk these obstructions in the Apalachicola River. Um, unfortunately, the Union took Columbus later on in 1865 over land. So although the obstructions were kind of this major effort to prevent incursion via waterways, the Union finally just decided we'll come over land. So, oh, well, right? It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, land. <laughs> what about uh, economically? Did it did it slow things down? At, uh, uh, you, know, you were talking about what a significant difference it can make in the economics. Um, Sounds like because of the land, maybe not. Yeah, well, it was interesting. I mean, Columbus, Georgia didn't fall until later in the war. As far as we come from a Florida perspective, um, the governor of Florida at that time was really concerned that obstructing rivers like the Apalachicola was going to hurt Florida as far as our imports and exports through a major port like Apalachicola, and that in the end it would actually end up hurting us rather than helping us. Is is uh, the story you told there? Is it um, is this something that everyone kind of knows as like this really interesting story, uh, or is it one of those unique tidbits that you hear from time to time? You know, is that like a really famous story? It's interesting. Um, you know, among history buffs, I think there's a knowledge of Confederate river obstructions and the building of earthworks along rivers to defend them. Um, the interesting thing about this Apalachicola River obstruction project was these obstructions were so successful that they actually moved the flow of the Apalachicola River over time. And so we know, or we suspected rather when we began this research, that they were still intact. A lot of the other ones we see elsewhere in North Carolina, Louisiana, Virginia, Mobile Bay in Alabama is another popular one. Um, They were eventually dredged over time by the Army Corps. When you do the work you do, um, when you when you have a, a thought like let's look into this, let's research this, what's what's the moment like when something is is confirmed? When it's like you know I knew it and darn sure there's the proof. Well, it feels really good, of course, you know, to know that all this hard work that you've put into your research is has kind of paid off in a in a research sense. 
Um, for this particular project, it was exciting to go walk around in a place where, you know, not a lot of people have been over the last 150 years. And so it was very exciting. Is it, is it the kind of thing that gets picked up by other researchers in this world because it's, it seems like a pretty significant thing to have confirmed, Yes. Sure. Yeah. You know, as a as a researcher and an archaeologist, one of our big incentives or imperatives is to publish what we do. And so a project like this, we went ahead and published and the site is now recorded with the Florida Master Site File, which is kind of the index of all archaeological sites in Florida. So that information is out there for people who want it. Nicole Grinnan, really appreciate the conversation from the Florida Public Archaeology Network. Thank you so much for all the stories. I appreciate it. Thank you. For more golf stories, visit uwf.edu slash golf stories.